Hi everyone, welcome back for our final podcast episode on Anthony Larson's first book, And the Moon Shall Turn to Blood. We are going to cover both chapters 8 and 9 today and, and finish up that way. Uh, we thoroughly have enjoyed our, our time and uh, conversing and, and listening to all the feedback that has been given, uh, and we hope to continue on this journey with all of you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, please reach out if you have any questions or comments or, or anything along the way, and we'll do our best to handle those and point you in the right direction. Um, and if you have any future ideas for podcasts or anything, please let me know. All right, welcome back, everyone, for our uh, final podcast for this um, this book. It's been a, a fun journey, hasn't it, Wendy, to go through Anthony's uh, yeah. first book here, uh, And the Moon Shall Turn to Blood, and, and really kind of unpack it. It was my, my first time uh, really being able to discuss or voice anything that <laughs> I've been learning in, in this journey, and, and it's been uh, so fun. Uh, it's last week when we had Leland on, helped answer a lot of different questions. And um, anyway, it, it's just been such a fun journey. I'm excited to see um, what what's next. I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, so today we are diving into chapters eight and nine and uh, just kind of briefly highlighting on, on 10, which is kind of the uh, kind of a final little glimpse of, of hope at, at the end of this um, uh tunnel of, of cataclysms here at the, the last days. So um, chapter eight, uh, for those that are reading along with us, uh, chapter eight is about the siege of Jerusalem, both ancient and modern. And then chapter nine is about the city of Enoch or any of the remnants that have been broken off and, and are returning. So with that, let's kind of dive into uh, the siege of Jerusalem. Uh, I find this one very interesting because I, at least I didn't know about it a couple of years ago uh, before really diving into the scriptures. It's it's kind of one of those Bible stories that we don't really talk about too much, <laughs> the, the siege of Jerusalem. And so what do you think we can learn from the past that can be applicable to the future in this, Wendy? What, uh, why is it important to, to understand that siege? That uh, d- despite what the odds are, that, that God will prevail um, because, and, and that we, and that he'll let him fight for us. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be by sword that, uh, that he wins. It's going to be by the, by his, his arm being revealed. Um, his arm is stretched out and that those, those phrases mm-hmm. in terms of cosmology li- literally mean like he's coming down from the heavens with power Um his arm stretched out like that's or is, you know, by the power of his arm. And that can be another way to think about it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's it just with, with Exodus. I mean, often the um, scriptures refer to that um, in turn when they, when they talk about the last days, you know, so we can expect to, to see similar things even greater, even greater than what was experienced back then. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that pattern that the Lord will fight our battles and that uh, we're not facing all of this at, at the end alone. Uh, we, through covenant, are, are bound to our great protector and uh, he loves us so uh, deeply and fully that um, even though we as a world have have gotten to a point of, of wickedness and uh, rejection of, of him, that he is still uh, stepping in and, and honoring those covenants. 
um, to to help protect and, and guide us through. Um, so it's interesting how much um, Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, is quoted throughout this chapter. Uh, it's kind of between him and Ezekiel. We have a lot of information um, dealing with this um, this last battle there in, in Jerusalem. So um, quoting from Zechariah 12, verse 2, um, well, I'm going to kind of read Anthony's commentary around this as well, but it says that these prophecies from the Old Testament speak of a time when all nations will lay siege to Jerusalem. Zechariah, for example, gives a fascinating account of the events to occur during the great battle for Jerusalem in the last days. Quote, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And so uh, he further clarifies here that the, the time of the siege is uh, siege to which he had reference for. It will be in a time when Judah and Jerusalem were united. And um, so thus it appears that the siege in, to which Zechariah referred to is to occur in the last days. Um, he talks a, a little bit about the history of, of Judah and Jerusalem, the diaspora and all of that. And so uh, we really haven't had all of the um, prophetic markers uh, come all lined up until the, these last days. And so um, it appears that Zechariah is uh, prophesying forward using um, some of those uh, contemporary events of, of his day. But um, it says that Zechariah explained that the city would be taken and that half of the city shall go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. At that time shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And so I think that that's, you know, just kind of pointing out that, that uh, thing that we were mentioning earlier that the Lord fights the, the battle at the end, uh, just as he, as he has protected Israel in the past, that he will do so in the future. covenant covenant keeping and you know there's gonna when things start going downhill you know people are gonna be um flocking to zion but also flocking to jerusalem you know there's gonna be a lot of righteous people there yeah <laughs> that's gonna be yeah kind of interesting to watch like we we read about that in scripture but um when we're actually living it it's going to be an interesting <laughs> migration or <laughs> exodus i guess yeah, a gathering. <clears throat> um, it says that the earliest reference to the Lord doing battle for the Israelites is in Exodus, where Moses sang his song of praise for all that the Lord was was doing for them. And now with kind of a, a cosmic perspective in this of interplanetary uh, type uh, reactions and things, I can only imagine <laughs> what the prophet in, is leading the, the children of, of Israel in like, <laughs> yes, we saved from that great giant thing in the sky that was about to consume us. Um, uh, how much more will uh, we <laughs> be singing that that song of Zion, that song of praise in, in the future? Uh, yeah, I, calling, singing with with those that come. You know, and it's more than just like planets like as a physical body, but but the beings coming with those planets, translated beings um, and armies of God to, to fight, to fight for us. And so, um, you know, when, when uh, the prophet Joseph said that the last ground sign would be 
what the world would call the you know planet or comet yeah but it's it's so much more it's it's who's coming with the lord is is coming um anyway so yeah lots to to fight for us um i can't remember where i was going with that but that's mm -hmm. just what came to mind it's like translated beings coming in and who knows you know the prophets in the streets there um the, i mean the, it talks about during that siege of jerusalem or after you know the the two prophets that will die that are doing marvelous miracles and mm -hmm. um and calling down the powers of heaven and you know um the, the fire from the sky and the plagues and and things and then they die um it doesn't talk about that in the chapter but are those part of that who's coming you know or are they here on the earth and i don't know mm -hmm. yeah with uh with this kind of a perspective it, it really does open it up to uh, to more than um what i ever thought possible like <laughs> now it's like oh consider uh, all of the different possibilities that 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 could entail and um mm -hmm. i think we kind of uh, touched a, a little bit on that in our discussion with leland last week and i was like oh i had never even considered that before but uh it makes so much sense yeah um kind of like this next part here um so this is from zechariah 14:4 but i had always interpreted this very narrowly before and now uh this this perspective has has really opened my eyes and it says and his feet shall stand in that day upon the mount of olives which is before jerusalem on the east and the mount of olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west and there shall be a great a very great valley and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half toward the south and i don't know i i <laughs> i was interpreting it very literally and very um uh, uh narrowly I, I guess um but but with this most of these events are um explained within a velikovskian kind of uh paradigm shift right and and we can see how these can things can happen um but like you said that yes we have um planetary things because lord uh is working by natural laws but yet uh, there's there's actual people behind this. And uh, uh, when the, the Lord comes, he comes in glory. And uh, uh, all of these things have uh, a much fuller, richer picture in my head now than they ever used to have. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it like it's like the Lord is with us temporally and not just spiritually. Like we know him in a spiritual way. And we know that, you know, um, he blesses us temporally. But being here... Um, and to see his hand in a actual, you know, like in physical environment that we experience like here. Um, and I think that's what the, the truth of these things, when you think um, and, and have your, when you receive truth on this level as well as spiritual, like as we understand it, like in um, our studies in church and um, the restoration of the gospel. And I don't know if I'm describing it well, but it's like the Lord is, is there temporally and spiritually. And so it just brings it up that we, but even like understanding the splitting of, of the mount, um, like, and why, like the why behind it and, and how, and, um, but there's still the, the spiritual aspect of like, why is it cut and divided? I mean, it's a throwback to um, what happened with the, with the children of Israel when they stood on, on, you know, two sides and they yelled the curses and the blessings, you know, mm -hmm. and um and the dividing asunder of that and the cutting of the covenant of that mount. I mean, there's 
so much that I, I would love to talk to about that in, uh, but the symbolism of all of this draws somebody to Christ. It, it testifies that he is the redeemer that divides asunder all the wiles of the devil and leaves the man of Christ on a straight and narrow course to, to sit down with the fathers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and have eternal life. So um, that's, I mean, all truth does that. It divides asunder these unbeliefs. And you've probably been experiencing that as you've gone through this. It's, it's a division. It's a separation, right? And says, okay, that, that belief now we can cut off because we understand more. And the restoration of truth continues to help us to see things as they really are and not as we've kind of built this world to be in our head temporally and even even and spiritually so so lots of different levels that everything can be looked at and read on but this is just one way it's not like the only way but i i i feel like it enhances my faith mm-hmm. and um and just i love science in, in general and just understanding and making observations because it helps me to understand the the lawgiver and every kingdom has laws and if you buy you know and you understand those laws then you can act with greater power right we understand who it is and so anyway so yeah that's i love that imagery mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful yeah um it says that zechariah also wrote that the inhabitants of jerusalem would flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of uzziah king of judah and so <laughs> Anthony posed that question. So what then befell Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah? You know, that's another one of those stories that we- Good questions. <laughs> yeah. And so it says that as the prophet Amos had predicted, a great earthquake occurred in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas in the days of Uzziah. Isaiah, who began his ministry on the very day of the commotion, left this account of the conditions in and around Jerusalem at that time. So anyway, we've kind of got like these, the the string of prophets here that are all experiencing a lot of interesting things. Um, And and here at the end, uh, Anthony says that Velikovsky cites this event in the days of Uzziah as the first, or um, as the time of the first Earth-Mars encounter. And so keeping that in mind, as I'm quoting Isaiah here, I I think it's very interesting to put that in the the picture. It says, um, quoting Isaiah, your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, except the Lord of hosts has left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. And so he leaves little doubt that many of the inhabitants of that city were destroyed during that, and and it would have been totally consumed had the Lord not intervened and uh, saved uh, a portion of the people. And I don't know, sometimes when we're considering Isaiah, we don't uh, uh, I don't know, we might <laughs> skip over that that really crucial part that he began his ministry on the brink of, of disaster. Like the, the Lord had just kind of revealed yeah. his, it was like, if you don't get this together, you're going to get faced with much worse. Mm. And anyway. Yeah, that's, <laughs> just that's like a really good point. Like that. Oh, go for it. That, um, that, that prepared him or colored his his questions to the Lord maybe and his, his mm-hmm. whole his whole mission being like open to I don't know I'm, I don't know how it was for him but but yeah that's um I look at Isaiah now and I feel like a lot of the things that I that the Lord's revealing to me like I feel it in my my spirit like like it testifies of Christ and I cannot deny it but yeah. um 
that that it's a key to understanding all that is as he says so i think it's really cool yeah uh this time going through isaiah i just uh, recently finished it again uh kind of with a, a cosmic perspective it's like holy cow the whole thing is surrounded with like once you understand some of the the basic fundamentals of uh cosmology and uh kind of a, a velikovskian uh paradigm then you start seeing isaiah in a whole new light and uh seeing just another aspect of why the lord commands us to study isaiah and um as he is uh, prophesying to the end time that what has been shall be the israelites experienced it then and we are living the same patterns as the israelites then and uh going to be experiencing um all of this in in a very short period of time mm -hmm. <laughs> and does it is it the lord that says you know in in the last days we will understand isaiah more mm -hmm. right it's and yeah we will whether it's because of discussions like this or things that um are the, the fathers of the past have have written and left for us to discover um or or whether we just see it's in the in the heavens and then we're like oh now it makes sense you know what i mean mm -hmm. for the, the body of, of the church um because i don't i don't know how many people are going to come to any kind of conversion on this unless it's uh seen <laughs> you know and Mm -hmm. but um but anyway it's it's whatever in the lord's timing but we will understand it in that day mm -hmm. if, this, if these things are coming um in that in that manner so yeah there's and all the all the prophets said, saw the, the same vision in much the same way so they all saw the last days and they saw what was going to happen and we're looking forward to it because the lord's going to prevail like like there's not going to be any any more like going back to the you know mm -hmm. um He's not going to have to leave a rem remnant. <laughs> He's going to be cutting off all of the rest, and yeah, so it'll be exciting. Um, but not I mean, we're going to have to go through it, of course. But those that are prepared shall not fear. And if you're prepared in the covenant, really, it's prepared in the covenant. Then, mm -hmm. then there's then you can have faith, but and not fear. So it's yeah. exciting. Exactly. It, it, it's really amazing um, because the the lord never just gives us the the bad news he 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 makes sure to to give us that hope and the uh the direction to make sure that we are um prepared and uh, anyway it, it's just amazing uh, we'll talk about that when we kind of uh, discuss number chapter 10 here but um it, he's got everything prepared like we don't have to try to write this game plan or uh, it's already written we we just have to keep our covenants and try to connect with him in in that covenant mm -hmm. relationship yeah um so there's uh lots of different references here of um kind of the same things uh as exodus and things we've discussed in the past uh there's differences with light and dark with um the earth stopping rotation um and the you know the the equator equatorial bulge of the earth and the oceans receding and just all of these things <laughs> it, it just kind of comes with the territory of when planets yeah. uh, interact with each other yeah. um, and i i really love this i i've been really pondering a lot on the the waters and the the living waters so going through anthony's uh video series online um I forget which episode it was in. 
Are you gonna... talking about the YouTube le lectures or? Uh -huh. Oh, um, on the, the, the paid ones. So yeah, the classes, the mormonprophecy.com ones. Um, I, it was one of them where it really talked about uh, Saturn shedding its its atmosphere and, and water and um, in the days of Noah kind of thing. Um, and, and we discussed that last week with Leland, but the importance of water in all of the symbolism of, of the Bible, and, and especially that living water. And um, uh, anyway, here in um, Zechariah, again, <laughs> we're just quoting Zechariah like crazy. He's one of the, the amazing prophets for, for this specific uh, part of the last days. Um, he further declares that it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be. So the appearance of such a spring of living waters would perhaps naturally result from the shifting of the earth's crust during such an upheaval. And um, anyway, just all of that imagery of, of water and purification, sanctification, and um, how the Lord's coming is to help prepare the actual earth for its transition and um us as a people it, it, yeah anyway i don't know how to describe it any better but just all of that symbolism if we're going through the old testament like we did this year with come follow me and and looking at how the the lord works with the symbolism of water and uh, bringing that forward to to this where um it'll play a huge role in the future yeah yeah it's hard to describe the symbolism but you did so good <laughs> much better than me but yeah i i've been pondering on that too and this is we're in a water-based water-based world and a terrestrial world i i'm not sure we'll we'll have to see you know it, feels, it seems like it's going to be more fiery um at a, at a higher vibration or something mm -hmm. um but water is just in and of itself it's such a a beautiful creation how it's made with its um its properties, it's a very unique, um, like compared to other other um, compounds. Mm -hmm. Like anyways, with, you know, it's, <clears throat> how it can change state and, and relatively, um, you know, ice or, or gas and relatively small changes, like compared to other, other substances that have a higher, a higher um, state where they, you know, a higher temperature where they change state or just like their, their polarity, you know, of the, they, anyway, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any, um, I didn't mean to go off on this, but um, it's, it, I guess the better way to, to talk about it was, have you ever heard about um, the Japanese scientists that would you know, uh, speak love or gratitude to water and, and then take pictures of, of ice crystals? Mm -hmm. um, and, and how the crystals would be formed in a way that was um, was symmetrical and beautiful and having more um, more rays of, of um, glory really within it, like the plasma arranged um, with helped arrange the water. I mean, I think there's plasma flowing everywhere. I think it's in our bodies. I think it's the light of Christ. But it's um, but the water is so it, it contains memory. Um, like it's flowed through this earth and it's flowed a long, long time. Um, and and it, for it to be 
I mean, when I watch Frozen, I'm like, oh my goodness, are you Frozen too? Especially, <laughs> I am like, are you kidding me? It's it's the memory in the north, and at, you know, with with it flowing. Um, I mean, you can talk about glaciers and stuff, but it's it's yeah. There's so much to water that we're still learning. Um, there's there's a lot of scientists doing work on it, but it's not taken seriously by the mainstream. Anyway, it's just uh, it's an amazing uh, transmitter or a, a connector of that um, light. So I think that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you know, like one of the the symbolisms that really pop out to me all the time is that that there's three things always present at birth. There's blood, water, and spirit, and um, even in a planetary type of context, um, we, we seem to have those same symbols coming through. And yeah, just how it, yeah. it, it it's that conductor. And, and the thing is, the more that we don't know about it, the, the more important it <laughs> kind of seems that it is, right? Because uh, when we can't explain things and, and things, it just, it points to the fact that, that God is in control and has all of it um, in, uh, our, our best interest in its perfect state now. Mm -hmm. um, so the next thing is kind of a, uh, I don't know, like a, a downer from all these uppers, <laughs> but um, it talks about this blast from heaven. And um, in the days of Hezekiah, so we have the uh, Assyrian army uh, with Sennacherib, and they're right at the, the, the doors of, of the city, right at the gates of the city, rather. and um, when the destroying angel passes over that army and uh, it states yeah. that their souls were burnt through, their garments remained intact. And um, Zechariah, in prophesying uh, forward, this is 14 verse 12, says that this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet and their eyes shall consume away in their holes and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth now <laughs> i don't know mm. not that i want to see this but i'm like I, I don't know i gotta see that like what how does that even play into the context you know some people really take a look at the bible and going man that's a weird book well yeah that that's some <laughs> some pretty sci-fi <laughs> type stuff <there. laughs> it's like raiders of the lost ark yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect image i hadn't thought of that one sorry <laughs> but i mean i don't know if it'll be like that. but uh yeah it's it's kind of yeah would it be rated what would it that be rated you know mm -hmm. anyway sometimes <laughs> it's yeah it's gonna it's gonna be big for sure i love hezekiah so continue keep going mm -hmm. yeah the, the hezekiah story um was my first dabble into to that one um, was d uh, with Isaiah decoded and uh, some uh, information in there. I can't remember which chapter that was in. But anyway, um, the Hezekiah story, really diving into that and understanding it, it is a huge kind of, mm, I don't want to say like linchpin, that's kind of the wrong word, but I'm at a loss for what the right word is. But it it's a huge player in the the symbolism for the last days it, it, without an understanding of, of hezekiah and his whole story you kind of miss a, a huge chunk of the end time prophecy yeah it's like late 30s chapters it seems like it's kind of in the center and i thought wow that's kind of interesting it's closer to the center yeah i don't know 
for sure. And so <clears throat> this <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark thing there, um, it, it, he points to the um, interplanetary lightning and Velazkowski described it as one of the phenomena of the Exodus. And so, um, you know, just kind of imagining this tremendous bolt of lightning that would certainly, um, uh, upon hitting the vicinity of if anyone around, would be consumed in some manner. So, um, mm. uh, possibly one explanation for that. So, uh, very interesting. So, yeah, when you were saying, when you started talking about this, you know, when the angel um, passed over, um, well, it can angels and planets can be used in in some instances uh they, they can be referred to as angels so and you know passing over we know is you know passing over the the heavens and um delivering his people right he and through that's one of the things that also in 10 came up and we're not going to jump over there today but just that in in the process of of the lord um coming and his arm is outstretched and he's doing this work he's going to be cutting off the wicked and saving the righteous simultaneously. Like that's part of it. It's a, it's covenant based driven. It's that dividing asunder um, mm -hmm. unto salvation or unto um, uh, their just reward. Right. It's, it's judgment in, in a, in a sense. So, um, but yeah, I, I love Hezekiah, uh, Hezekiah because it's so, yeah, so key and pivotal, but that was one of my main turning points. I was reading a Skousen, um, and his his commentary on Isaiah actually, and and he and as I was reading it because I was just getting introduced to these things and I was looking at it through that lens, I don't know I don't think he he knew that and I, I hear this all the time I'm like you're speaking cosmology terms but you're not at the same time I'm like anyway so what he was saying I'm like oh my goodness this is just perfect for um, anyway the dial going back the sundial going mm -hmm. backwards as a sign to even though that was like a chapter later after it was recorded as the, what had happened um, outside the city with, with Sennacherib's ar army and being destroyed. Um, it was like, kind of like a flashback, you know, you're in it, seeing another character, you know, in a movie and you're seeing what happened mm -hmm. and, and the covenants that were made to him. Um, and he was also sick with like something like boils or something. Well, if these kind of things bring plagues, were they all experiencing a plague too? And I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. you know and he was um anyway but we know that his life was was extended and and so forth that was part of the lord's will but anyway i just think it's really it's really interesting with the sundial going backwards the rotation of the earth was definitely changed and um i don't know you see so many evidences and you're like whoa okay <laughs> and not just that but then you see the symbolism with the covenant relationship mm -hmm. you know and he's he's delivering his people and and um destroying the wicked like there's there's so much like i'm like Amen. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> so it's going to be played out like over and over. And it has been throughout history and it will be again. Like that's what we can be assured of. The Lord is faithful. He's always faithful. Mm. And he tells, um, he's told the prophets and, and he'll continue to testify to us with, the, with um, the gift of prophecy, which is the testimony of Christ, which is the testimony that he, he is, um, he's the deliverer of his people. So. Mm -hmm. I just love that story too. Yeah, I love it. Um, so kind of transitioning over to chapter nine, um, we've got the chapter is called When They Return. And so it it kind of goes back and forth with uh, Enoch and, and his city and 
the Lost Tribes, etc. But if you haven't read this chapter, I would highly encourage anyone listening to uh, to go and read it because there's so many amazing quotes, and, and I don't know if we'll have time to get to all of them, but um, that we actually know a lot through the restoration about the returning of, of all of these uh, remnants and, and things mm-hmm. that have been uh, torn off the earth kind of thing. I, I didn't fully realize, I had heard a couple of these, but um, the fact that there are so many, and um, like Anthony says here at, at one point, it's interesting to note that none of the Latter-day Saints alive when Joseph Smith published, or sorry, Joseph Young published his book, appear to have ever challenged that statement. That you know, there's there's a lot of interesting stories, and they're not really disputed at all through the restoration. Only we, who think that they're kind of strange and weird, have said, oh, they really don't apply, or, uh, you know, just ignore the stuff that you don't understand. And so, yeah, I, I just find it so interesting that we have so much restoration. Yeah. So taking a look here, it says, um, he introduces the chapter by quoting from Elder Joseph Young of the First Council of the Seventy and brother to Brigham Young. He claimed to have learned the following from Joseph Smith himself. And so this is kind of a, a little bit longer of a quote, but it says, Enoch and his people, with the city which they occupied and the foundations on which it stood with a large piece of earth immediately connected with the foundations and the city had assumed an aerial position within the limits of our solar system. Joseph Smith said on another occasion in the hearing of some of the saints still surviving that the city of Enoch would again take its place in the identical spot from which it had been detached now forming the chasm of the earth filled with water called the Gulf of Mexico. And so um, there's quite a few little ellipses throughout that quote. So, I mean, you know, it's a much bigger quote than that, but um, I don't know. Sometimes you just kind of hear this in our traditions or our folklore kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was great to actually see that um, uh, quoted out and um, being referenced by uh, Joseph Young and uh, coming from Joseph Smith. It it just kind of pulled it forward like, okay, interesting that that was never challenged as a statement no one came out and been like yeah joseph was wrong on that um right a lot of these they're just kind of like it's just like you said folklore kind of like our folklore and here we are studying the folklore in the midst of our own tradition and saying (laughs) okay where's the truth in this just like we're doing of other myths mythologies and traditions and we're we're like wait we've lost like are we even more fallen than we were with when joseph smith was here like have we lost more like okay i don't know but i'm like okay this we want to we want to have we want to have that back you know what i mean i want to understand them more i want to understand what joseph smith knew and the saints there that talked about these things openly and it was like yeah of course (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. not so weird and now we're like kind of like really we're brainwashed by by the the history and the science that's been taught to us so we have to wake up. Yeah. Um, so this next one comes from Parley P. Pratt, and this is quoted in the Millennial Star. So it says, how can the stars fall from heaven to the earth when they, as far as we know, are much larger than the earth? We are nowhere given to understand that all of the stars will fall or even many of them, but only as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken with a mighty wind. The stars that will fall when she is shaken with a mighty wind um, 
Oh, sorry, that was from the previous line. The stars that will fall to Earth are fragments which have been broken off from the Earth from time to time in the mighty convulsions of nature. These all must be restored again at the times of restitution of all things. When these fragments, some of which are vastly larger than the present Earth, are brought back and joined to this Earth, it will cause a convulsion of all nature. The mountains will flow down, the valleys rise, the sea retire to its own place, and the islands and continents will be removed, and the earth rolled together as a scroll. Now, when I read that, I was trying to imagine myself as if I was one of the early pioneers in <laughs> reading the Millennial Star when this edition came out, right? Or, or just <laughs> that, that time period. And like, yeah. we have a lot of science and, and things and telescopes and, you know, like, we have some of the technology that uh, they didn't have at that time. What are they reading this as and how are they reacting to it? Like, I can't even imagine uh, what that, <laughs> the the hubbub would be in <laughs> amongst the, the pioneers as they're, they're reading this. And probably P. Pratt is, is just speaking forthright, like not trying to, to really hide anything yeah. or anything. Like, hey, no, expect this. Uh, we're we're gearing up for the second coming. <laughs> right. And how how did they view their endowment with this kind of knowledge? Do you know what I mean? And what helped them to cross the plains and have the power to do so? Because they literally had a different faith than we do today in some ways. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but but maybe that's what helps you to have that kind of faith. And maybe we don't need that yet because we aren't yet taking exoduses, you know. Mm -hmm. um and leaving everything behind and and the persecution they went through like maybe they needed this knowledge then they had the prophet with them so of course he's going to reveal to them what he knows um and so i you know when when things are coming down the pipeline for us these are things that we need to teach people maybe maybe we're like okay here we are we're got we're doing our study gotta you know what if people are looking to us like saying whoa what's going on you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah Anyway, it, it's quite amazing. Um, <laughs> just the uh, the candidness of of those early um, yeah and apostles and, and church leaders and, and things, because um, they were definitely connecting and receiving visions of of all this. And uh, anyway, it's just quite amazing. Yeah. Um, so this comes from Patriarch Homer Brown. He declared that his grandfather was taught the same thing by Joseph Smith. He claimed that the prophet taught him that this collision would not be head on, but rather the overtaking of one planet by the other, both moving in the same direction, what we of today would call a docking maneuver. And this would be the consequence of a slowed rotation of the earth caused by the other body as they're passing each other and uh, things, which made a lot of sense. Like, hmm, they had that much information back then and <laughs> we're kind of stifled now with our... <laughs> traditions but um and then comes the the jack oak grove um discourse so um many people haven't heard of the uh, king follett sermon you know and i'm like oh so excited to always share that with people because you know mm -hmm. that's, that's such an amazing sermon um but i i recently uh was was just buying a, a little copy of the the uh, King Follett sermon on Amazon, and it was coupled in the same little pamphlet with the Jack Oak Grove discourse, which I had never heard of. And now I was reading it, and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> he said this? And so, um, uh, let's see. So this is uh, from the Journal of Wandel Mace, uh, recorded that uh, 
many of these were uh, given during Joseph's lifetime and, and this address from, from the Jack Oak Grove. May stated that Joseph Smith taught that parts of the earth were taken away in the past to be an abode for other groups of people and that those parts would return in the future. He quoted the prophet as saying that the earth will be restored as at the beginning and the last taken away will be the first to return. For the last shall be first and the first shall be last in all things. Mays further quoted Joseph Smith's illustration of the effects of the earth and its inhabitants of the body carrying the lost tribes. Quote, some of your brethren have been coming up the river on a steamboat and while seated at the table, the steamboat run against a snag, which upset the table and scattered the dishes. So it will be when these portions of earth return, it will make the earth reel to and fro like a drunken man. I was like, oh, it even has like the, the wording that Joseph Smith always used to use and stuff like so interesting. I had never heard of this uh, Grove discourse, but um, just interesting to kind of like envision this from like the, the previous one, right? Where these two planets are uh, coming close to each other. And because of that, that jostle thing, it's kind of like uh, when you hit a snag on a steamboat. <laughs> I haven't experienced that, but <laughs> I can imagine it where, where it just kind of jostles things and it, and it makes the earth reel to and fro like a drunken man. Um, uh, what we're in for, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, like I've only been through like one earthquake that I somewhat felt. I can't even imagine being on earth when we're actually being jostled and, and reeled to and fro. <laughs> That's going to be a very interesting time. Yeah, me too. Um, and then he quotes from um, uh, one of our most credible sources, Eliza R. Snow, uh, if I could hide a collab, if we take the time to really look at the lyrics of, of that, we realize that Eliza R. Snow received a lot of training and uh, instruction directly from Joseph Smith. Um, and she most masterfully penned um, some prophetic truths. Um, but yeah, let me just read the whole thing because <laughs> it's so good. It says, Thou earth was once a glorious sphere of noble magnitude and didst with majesty appear among the worlds of God. But thy dimensions have been torn asunder piece by piece, and each dismembered fragment bore abroad to distant space. When Enoch could no longer stay amid corruption here, part of thyself was born away to form another sphere. And when the Lord saw fit to hide the ten lost tribes away, thou earth was severed to provide the orb on which they stay. And thus from time to time thy size has been diminished till thou seemest the law of sacrifice created to fulfill. A restitution yet must come that will to thee restore by that grand law of worlds, thy sum of matter heretofore. Uh, I don't know. I think that that one takes a lot of time to to read and, and look at, and uh, I don't know, just ponder about each little stanza. Yeah. That, and she has, there's other stanzas too that are in the book. If you find it online, um, those are some of the best ones. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's one of my favorite. And when I read that, like, online somebody shared shared it um i don't even think it was in the cosmology group and it just bore testimony to my heart and i knew that it it, it was true and i didn't know all the particulars mm -hmm. but um but like um 
Leland was saying, Leland Tanner last week, because that's been a question of mine, like, is it the matter like of this earth that's being lost? Or um, because I mean, the Lord talked to Moses about the sphere upon which he stood, you know what I mean? And, and it's history. And, um, but it, as I've, and I've been coming to this for a year. So like it is the, the whole, when, when it, you know, the earth um, could be a whole family of planets, kind of like I'm a commander and my whole family are commanders. Like we're referred to as commanders. And, um, mm-hmm. and so when we come here as families, um, even though I'm an individual, I'm part of a family. And so I, in my mind, how I see it is like when, you know, she's talking about pe- bro- broken off by piece by piece, I see it like, like Leland does. Like, you know, we Saturn and or Venus and, and my uh, Mars, um, you know, like falling away and then being restored. But there's, I think there's, this is just my personal opinion. I think there's actual matter from this earth that's been born away. I don't know if it's about the lost 10 tribes or maybe they um, are on another planet that just came close. But I don't know. So we don't have to like get into the particulars. Mm-hmm. That's why I get into the mud and the Lord's like, you don't need to like understand, but I want you to understand this symbolism which families and stuff is important and understanding how there's a restoration in our families you know with our ancestors and um too as part of that whole um, idea um that we've been broken apart piece by piece and scattered right and that we're going to be restored there's going to be that gathering of israel and and so there's a, a gathering of the earth as well and i guess it's my my own personal experience because like and I, I see people around me like one of one of uh, the elders in our or high priests in our ward like had his am- foot amputated his leg amputated um and another sister had a mastectomy and you know i'm watching people having their parts you know like their matters being removed you know but in the resurrection and all things will be restored unto us um and like me personally like i've had my colon removed and so as as the lord's been and it's it's like that descent um phase that in in the Isaiah talks about and all, 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 every gospel principle does talk about that, right? With the Lord descending too, and how we're supposed to descend with him and carry our cross. But there's a humiliation aspect to that. And then you see the earth just, just really descending in this and just being broken apart piece by piece. And that, that to know that it's going to be restored. And I've had that personal promise, um, that the Lord's going to give me a new colon and I don't know when or how if it's in the resurrection, but um, like there's that promise of matter being restored heretofore, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a, it's an eternal principle of the organization of matter and just this following and, and you know, the descent and the, the ascent. Um, one of my friends shared um, a scripture with me and when we were talking, you know, about this, how far you descend and then how far you, you ascend. And the, the, there's a, a correlation to that in some ways, or it seems like there is. Um, that she shared a scripture of like the Nephites building up their banks and that there was a di- ditch that was so deep. And then the walls were so high. And in that one verse, there was this, this opposition present of so deep and it's so high. And it's just like, oh, eternal principle. like. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know what I mean? So anyway, just the promise of, of that restoration to me gives me a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. And to see it in a way like, I just wanted to make sure I brought that up. Like when we, like, these things are, we're talking about the breaking apart of the earth. It can also be planets that were 
connected together in a family um, and not just being broken off physically from the actual earth which we stand upon you know what I mean? uh -huh. so we'll see how it all goes down and but yeah yeah i really love that um just like i should have found it before i started talking but <laughs> um oh yeah so uh anthony says recall that elder pratt taught that some of the fragments which are to return and join again with the earth are vastly larger than the present earth and so um uh, like you said, that, that there's sometimes we just try to pigeonhole it and put it into one context, right? But like um, joining with the earth, as in like actual physical joining, uh, versus an actual joining of uh, alignment and uh, configuration, kind of a thing. Um, but just amazing that <laughs> that this was all talked about back then uh, with no problems, right? <laughs> You're doing this up to date. Oh my goodness, you are weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh it was talked about i wish we should bring it up in sunday school just kidding <laughs> yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> dare you <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so yeah um dnc 133 i've been really going into dnc a lot lately with with cosmism being led there and seeing how uh, many things are are actually quite plainly spoken um when you have a, a perspective for the vocabulary behind it um but here from uh, dnc 133 versus well this is just kind of the whole thing but um 21 through 31 is what uh, he quotes here in in sections um but just kind of talking about all of the different things that are going to occur in conjunction with the return of the lost ten tribes um you know mountains valleys islands the the land of jerusalem land of zion earth prophets mm -hmm. ice highways pools of living water i mean we've got uh, mm. stuff <laughs> oh. but um, oh, good. how amazing that time is going to be like i keep telling uh, people around me I'm just so glad that I was born in the last days. I, I, I'm so excited for all of this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be some hard things to go through, and there's going to be some amazing things to witness. But like, this is so fun. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so just kind of quoting from here toward the end of the chapter, Anthony says, there can be little doubt that the return of the lost tribe will occasion disruptions of global magnitude. And the accompanying natural manifestations are some of the same as those we would find in a list of destructions in a planetary close encounter. Um, and uh, he kind of finishes on the topic of a, a restoration of all things and how important that is. Like even like, like our modern prophets are really emphasizing and hitting that home, right? Like the Lord will hate mm -hmm. his work in its time. And we have yet to... I, are you sleeping through the restoration? I feel like I totally was, and I'm trying to to wake up in in not putting God in a box and and saying I have no more need for uh, more Bible and and everything. Like this is an ongoing restoration, and we mm -hmm. have so much to look forward to. It's quite amazing. Yeah. Well said see and so like his final uh words of, of that chapter yet the concept apparently 
taught by Joseph Smith seems to be reinforced by almost all of the prophecy which we have concerning the latter days. Uh, Joseph Smith was the, the great prophet to, to usher us into this uh, final restoration, and uh, uh, we can take comfort in uh, his teachings and, and things as we strive to understand his words better. I don't think that it's any coincidence that uh, the Joseph Smith papers have, have really um, had as much interest and in, uh, uh, the, the projects behind all of that to, to get that into fruition so that we can have his words and, um, you know, like the, the new Wilford Woodruff project and, and things, uh, getting some of these things more uh, easily accessible so that we can um, learn what these pioneers knew and uh, fully prepare for, for what's ahead. Um, it kind of in that sentiment here, uh, chapter 10 um, is, is kind of the, the interlude of hope after all of this. I mean, some <laughs> I've heard many people uh, talk about this book as, oh, that just gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fear of the Lord is upon you. Like, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's hope in everything, right? Because yeah. the Lord makes covenants for a purpose. And, and one of those great purposes mm -hmm. is for peace and protection. And, um, uh, as we are keeping our covenants and um, entering into that special relationship with the Lord, um, especially in context of like Isaiah and uh, the covenant structure that he really lines out there, it's quite amazing, uh, the, the protection clauses uh, within those covenants. Um, but uh, kind of closing off with uh, Wilfred Woodruff's statement here um, in, in chapter 10 of Anthony's book, um, Wilfred says, can you tell me where the people are who will be shielded and protected from these great calamities and judgments which are now at our doors? I'll tell you, the priesthood of God who honor their priesthood and who are worthy of their blessings are the only ones who shall have this safety and protection. They are the only mortal beings. No other people have the right to be shielded from these judgments. They are at our very doors. Not even this people will escape them entirely. They will come down like the judgments of Sodom and Gomorrah, and none but the priesthood will be safe from their fury. And <laughs> I, I, I love the, the quotation there. It's from the Young Women's Journal. <laughs> That's quite a, a prophecy to be putting in there. But um, we have so much hope in in the the promise of covenants and, and priesthood power. And like mm -hmm. President Nelson has been really um, talking about we we must it now is the time you've got to understand how to access power from heaven and we have to be able to connect through our covenants to a, a much higher source of light and knowledge and truth and if um as he admonished the priesthood brethren in a coming day only those that do this will be able to protect their families i mean he goes to that list of, of five different things but one of them is to protect um uh, be the agents of that it, oh we like i said I'm, I'm just so excited to be born at this time to have the uh, the lord's trust in me to to prepare the world for his son's second coming like this is this is the most amazing time to be a covenant keeping member of the house of israel like this is this is awesome i i love the last days <laughs> right it's so great to feel like that instead of like oh it's a, like a fear-based you know 
mm-hmm. and, and it's got to, yeah, it's there. And then just forget about it, sweep it under the rug real quick. Cause I don't want to think about it, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> I, I say amen to everything you just said. And, um, I, for me, it's, it's connecting and hearing him. If, if I'm hearing him and my heart and my mind are, are connected to him, then I'm in alignment with him and with his will and and following his voice and not overcome so that like like president nelson challenges us back in 2020 um hear him we need to have a growing relationship like the prophet joseph smith did and to receiving revelation um line upon line but still but also like i hear something and some you know just hearing people tap even just talking about truth, any kind of truth. And I just, my heart burns um, more and more because I, I know it's, it's of God. You know what I mean? And just like, I, I, I feel like that's the key for me is in prayer and in, and just being able to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. will save, will save me and my family. Um, so but that means sometimes doing things that he asked you to do. They're like, are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Like do this podcast, Wendy, even though you don't have any time I don't. and <laughs> you're not going to be able to prepare. Like, like I've just come sometimes just like, okay, Heavenly Father, like I have nothing prepared. I'm just going to open up my mouth and you tell me what to say. And I think more like maybe twice I've come with notes. A couple of times I hadn't even finished. Well, it was last week I hadn't finished the whole chapter. I was like rushing on. I'm like, well, hopefully Leland will just take over and do it because I don't know what to say. And anyway, so I'm grateful for this opportunity, Cameron. And it's okay. Like the Lord will take care of us and we don't need to know everything. We just have to be willing servants in his hand. Yeah, I love that because <laughs> you summed up all of my sentiments right there because like, I don't know, I'm just acting on a prompting and I, I reached out to Wendy. I'm like, ah, I really feel like we need to do something with cosmism, but I don't know what, like, would you be able to like guide me in this or whatever? Like, uh, I don't want to do like a book club or something. And <laughs> anyway, uh, we're here out of a prompting. We have no idea why or who's going to listen to this or when or how, but uh, right but it's like just somebody talking about it right that's what i was like somebody needs to talk about this and i'm not the expert i kept waiting for somebody to step up i'm not gonna i i'm not I'm, i feel like moses in a lot of ways my tongue is tied and i'm like where's if you want me to do this i need yeah i need a spokesman so <laughs> camera you do a lot of the speaking because seriously <laughs> like i get in front of my my students and i'm teaching and i have dyslexia and i'll just oh. flip like we're talking about potential energy and i'll throw in the Okay, so this anyway, sorry. And then my kids know. They're like, you mean this? I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. I just totally flipped that in my brain. And so I'm like, can you connect my 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 tongue and my brain? But anyway, so I appreciate all, all your work, Cameron, and being patient with me through, through all this. But we'll see what happens in the future. Maybe Leland will want to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Kind of pitching that out to, to any of our listeners that uh, want to collaborate in the future with yeah. anything. Like I, I'm totally open for for anything. Uh, I have I, zero plans at the moment. I, I I don't know where the the Lord's leading me next. He hasn't illuminated that next uh, point in my path in as far as cosmism goes. I'm like <laughs> chock full busy at, at the moment with lots of different things on my plate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think that 
that some of this is so important. And uh, like you said, there's really not anybody talking about it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. we have a, a couple of Facebook groups here and there. We have um, some, you know, we can always go watch Anthony's stuff, but at the same time, it, there's something to be said for like a contemporary or concurrent discourse where people can like reach out and uh, ask questions in the moment kind of a thing. Yeah, maybe that's involving other people in it and they just getting together and talking about the book as a regular book club. Would that be Uh for his next couple of books? And maybe if you're so busy, like sometimes open up for me, but I don't know. Sorry. I don't know if you've been discussing here, but maybe other people could do it. I Mm -hmm. I don't want to do more. <laughs> I've done my my bit. But yeah, so but yeah, uh, we'll anybody listening, to reach out to me, and, and uh, if you've got any ideas or or whatever, like I, I'm more than willing to to help out in in all that I can do. Um, I, I my my original goal was to to go through all three of his books, um, but uh, maybe with like alternating uh, participants and, you know, like come on for one session, we can talk about a chapter or I don't know, just just reach out to me. We'll, we'll see where it goes and, and where the, the spirit leads us. But uh, I, I think I mentioned this last week, uh, but if I didn't, that um, my mom and dad and I have really, um, what, my mom and I see eye to eye on lots of different things. My my dad has a different kind of uh, per- paradigm on on the gospel in in some ways, um, but we've all been able to really connect as we have been watching Anthony Larson's videos uh, on MormonProphecy.com. His actual classes, um, uh, they're they're a little bit of an investment uh, for for some of us, and so um, we we took that dive and uh, purchased those, and have been thoroughly enjoying ourselves. Like, do I? you know, me and my limited knowledge. Do I agree with everything that Anthony says? Uh, some of the stuff is is pretty interesting and out there and, and but it, it creates that discussion. And, and I think that that's what's so important for everyone to have because my first experience with uh, <laughs> my introduction to cosmism was a year or so ago. And and it was so off-putting. Everywhere that I was, tur- I was turning to all of the wrong places, first of all, but everywhere that I was turning, it was very, uh, I don't know. I, I was being received very rudely. Like, oh, you don't know oh. that. Like, what are you even doing? Like, uh, I don't know. It was it, it was mm-hmm. such an unfriendly community. And I'm not saying that in uh, pointing at any specific uh, direction, but like the, the brainiacs that find this interesting <laughs> are, are sometimes uh, not the, the friendliest people to, to get an introduction from. And so I think that was one of my main goals was to, to provide a good friendly space for people to start talking and um, whatever future projects come out of that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited right. with uh, just reading the scriptures now, it, it, just with this one book to kind of change the paradigm and uh, go back to the scriptures and, and really look at it in a whole new way. Um, it, it's changed my temple experience um, crazily. Uh, oh, man. I, I'll, have to talk, I'll have to tie your ear off afterward about all the things in the endowment yesterday. But um, <laughs> Oh, I'd love to hear, but won't everybody else? No, <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, some They're of the not coming to the after party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, please reach out and um, uh, the offer is still open. If anybody wants to submit any questions for Leland, uh, we're going to be planning a, a kind of a get together where we can just kind of 
talk and uh, answer some of the, uh, the cosmic questions that you might have for him. He's got a lot more experience than we do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, any last words of wisdom or, or anything for, for everybody listening? Doubt not, fear not. You know, look to the Lord in every thought. And yeah, mm-hmm. we don't, we can trust him. I love him. I know that he's, he's our savior and he will deliver us and he is delivering us and it's all part of the plan. So what is, is right. Well, thank you so much everyone for listening and uh, enjoying this journey with us. Uh, We look forward for the future, whatever that entails. (laughs) Have a great Mm -hmm. week, everyone. Bye.